Hola y bienvenidos a Sex and Spanglish, where we empower mujeres to get in touch with their bodies, own their pleasure, and where we discuss all the cochinadas our abuelas didn't tell us about. I'm Ana Lopez, sexpert, future doctora, certified sex and life coach, proud Latina, and your go-to guide for all things sex. I'm here to help you kick vergüenza to the curb and teach you to have guilt-free sexual pleasure. Basically, I'm here to help you have mind-blowing sex without all the guilt and shame you learned growing up. Let's be real. La comunidad latina doesn't talk about sex, pero que suerte tienes because this Latina does. It is my vision to have Latinas worldwide discussing sex with one another just like they do with chisme. Así que prepárate. I'm about to change the way you view sex para siempre. Welcome back to another episode of the Sex and Spanglish podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about gifts that we never asked for, and that's G-I-F-T, not G-I-F. Gifts that we never asked for. Um, And I promise you, as always, this is related to sex, so just hear me out. Especially if you're new here, you're like, what the fuck does this have to do with sex? I promise you, everything that I talk about on this podcast is related to sex. The topics that I often talk about don't seem related to sex, but as I always say, everything is, it relates back to sex, I promise you. So anyways, I've been thinking a lot about this um, as I recently completed the advanced certification in feminist coaching with my boss slash coach, slash colleague, I guess, uh, Karen Lowenthal. She is the host of the Unfuck Your Brain podcast. She is also the um, founder, I guess you can say, of the Advanced Certification in Feminist Coaching. Um, So this program is essentially for coaches or uh, people in the helping profession. So it could be, you know, anywhere from therapists to teachers, social workers, whatever. Um, And it basically dove into patriarchal programming that we receive um, and how those messages, you know, impact the people that we work with and also ourselves as people that are in the helping profession. And while this program is definitely geared towards people in the helping profession, so coaches, therapists, teachers, social workers, etc., um, I think it's beneficial for everyone, right? Like this program is definitely going to benefit my clients, but like if they were to take it, they would definitely learn like a thing or two about a thing or two. So anyway, um, the basis of the program talks about the messages that we receive from um, essentially from patriarchy, but I like to take this a step, even a step further and think about like the messages that we receive from our family, um, you know, our parents. So that could be like grandparents, theos, etc. Also about like institutions. So things such as like church or school or other groups that you may have been a part of growing up, or maybe like your family was a part of. So then you got like kind of indirect messaging from them. Um, and also society. So, um, you know, just people in general, media, things like that. And so when I talk about gifts, again, G-I-F-T, when I talk about gifts, I am talking about the messaging. And the reason why I talk about them as gifts is because they're kind of just given to us. And 
we just kind of like take them like these messages. I mean, they still happen as adults, right? But we often receive these messages as children over and over and over again. It's almost if like they injected these messages into our brains. But because as children, we do not know how to critically think, we do not know how to decipher between someone else's like opinion or, you know, subjective observation, we then take what is told to us as truth. And then we carry that on with us and we don't realize like, oh shit, I kind of still believe that thing. Even though logically, I don't believe that thing that I was told, I still, like a part of me still kind of believes that to be true because it was repeated to me over and over and over in many different ways throughout different parts of my life and in particular as my brain was forming. So what the fuck does all that mean? I'm going to get into it into this episode and I'm definitely going to be talking about how this relates to sex. So the first um, messaging that we receive is often from our parents, but it can be also from grandparents, from theos, from Anybody that really helped raise us. So as I've mentioned before, um, I was raised by many different families. My mom was a single mom. Um, so I was raised like by my mom throughout the school year. And then in the summers, I was often, um, I don't want, I was going to say sent, but <laughs> that sounds really weird. But I, I flew out to see my dad. And so I would hang out with my dad and I would hang out with his uh, wife at the time. And so she helped raise me as well. And so I got messages from like my mom, from my dad, from my bonus mom. I also got messages from like my best friend's parents and a comadre of mine, like her parents and a couple, like I had quite a few friends where their parents like quite literally like helped raise me. I was at their house all the time. They made sure that I was fed. They gave me advice, things like that. So I had like literally like this village raising me. And so anyway, so I got messages from all of them. And um, so think about it for from your perspective, like how are you raised? Um, I know that oftentimes Latinos are raised in a very... Um, like communal way, like similar to the way that I was. So you may have been raised with like your cousins and your tios and maybe your grandparents, like things like that, right? And so um, it's just something super important to think about. And this is kind of like tangential, but I also forgot to mention that my grandmother also mainly raised me. So I also got messaging from her and I just felt like I had to throw that in there because I cannot forget about her. Um, But Anyway, um, so these messages that we often receive are things about um, what we should and should not do as the gender that we are assumed to have, right? So if we are being socialized as a woman, we are told like, una mujer no debe de, or debe de, eso no se hace, right? Like what men and women oftentimes is the way that it's talked about, should and should not do. So that is the way that we are being socialized. This can sound like um, tampons cause you to lose your virginity. That is often a message that I hear people um, 
spreading, like they're spreading this message or being, they were told this message. I personally was not told this, but I know that that is oftentimes the case that people are told like, Hey, you know what? If you have a, if you use a tampon, it's going to cause you to lose your virginity or it's going to make you like loose or whatever. One that is totally not true. And also virginity is made up by, by society, but we'll get into that in a second. Um, but this is just one message. So now you were told this as a child, you were told this kind of growing up, like as a teen, whatever, as an adult. There are many people that were told this that don't want to use tampons because they still believe that it may cause them to become loose, right? Or that it's, that it's wrong. And I have talked to many people that are like, I know that that's logically not true, but a part of me still kind of believes that I can't use tampons or I shouldn't use tampons or, you know, something along those lines. Like I hear my mom or my grandma's voice in the back of my head. And so I can't bring myself to use tampons, even though I kind of want to, right? So it's not bad that you don't use tampons, but just notice the reason why you don't want to use them is because you have this like negative connotation of what it means to be a person that uses tampons, right? So just something to keep in mind. The second place that we get messages from are institutions. So this could be things such as church, school, maybe other organizations that you are a part of or your family was a part of. So then you kind of got like that indirect messaging from there. Um, institutions often use scare tactics. So this could be with like pregnancy, STIs, things like that. Um, so scare tactics with STIs, for example, oftentimes what happens, um, I don't know so much now, but I know like when I was in school and even before that, and like, you know, years after I graduated as well, um, Kids were that were in sex ed were shown pictures of um, sexually transmitted infections. And they were like, so they were shown pictures of like herpes or pictures of, you know, um, chlamydia and gonorrhea and like people that it was like basically genitalia of people that had these infections. And one, that is not a like not everybody that has chlamydia or gonorrhea or herpes or any other STI, like they're not all going to look like that for one. So that doesn't make any sense, but whatever. But oftentimes the messaging behind that was like, this is what's going to happen to you if you get an STI. This is exactly what's going to happen to you. And this is bad. And you're dirty if you get one. That was kind of the messaging. And so not to say that you want to go out and contract an STI, right? Like, no, it's probably uncomfortable. You're going to have to go to the doctor, like do all these things, right? Like you're not going to want to go out and get one, but it doesn't make you dirty or bad or mean anything negative about you as a person if you've contracted an STI, right? But that is the messaging that we get. We are also told that, ple- or we aren't told about pleasure, right? Pleasure isn't talked about. And so we go to have sex and we like kind of 
know that it's supposed to feel good. Like people talk about it, but then we think something is wrong with us if it doesn't feel good because pleasure isn't talked about. Masturbation also isn't talked about. And it's like kind of the way that it's hidden from people makes it a shameful act. And so if someone does actually masturbate, then they're often having negative thoughts about themselves and what it means that they are a person that masturbates. What also happens is that if masturbation is talked about in this negative light, then oftentimes people don't know anything about their body, right? I'm not saying you have to masturbate to know about your body, but because it is like talked about in such this negative light, you shouldn't be touching down there, then people don't touch down there at all. They don't even know what the fuck their genitals look like, especially people that have vulvas because it's not just like hanging down there right? Like you actually have to maneuver to actually take a look at it. And so we don't know anything about our bodies. And it's bad to know about it, right? It's bad to know what it even looks like. The body isn't talked about. We're told to cover up, especially people that are being socialized as women. We're told to cover up, right? The dress codes, no spaghetti straps, no bra strap showing, no cleavage, no this, no that, right? It's always about clothes that are in the, the women's section or the junior section or whatever, right? It's never about clothes that are typically worn by boys, right? The third um, place that we get messaging is by society. So this could be like in media or just like out and about in the world, right? There are people still arguing about people with vulvas being able to orgasm. It is This is like a fairly new discussion in the world about people with vulvas being able to orgasm. It is more commonly talked about now, but there's still arguments about whether or not that is even a thing right? Don't listen to the people with vulvas saying like, hey, we orgasm too, right? We somehow have to like listen to other people that don't have vulvas for them to tell us whether or not we can orgasm. Makes no fucking sense, but I digress. Now there is this, and now that the conversation is like even more prevalent about talking um, about people with vulvas being able to orgasm and it actually being a thing that exists, there's also this pressure added on vulva owners to orgasm because somehow along, I don't know, along this timeline, it was like, oh, um, people with penises, like they want people with vulvas to orgasm. So then like, it's like a hurt to their ego if their partner doesn't orgasm. So like now there's this added pressure on vulva owners to orgasm because, you know, the pleasure is all for like the penis owner and not for the vulva owner. We're also told people that are socialized as women are also told that we're not supposed to like sex, right? We're not supposed to admit it. If we talk about liking sex, it's like, oh, well, there's something wrong with you. Um, We get called things such as like a hoe or a whore, like things like that. And not that any of those things are necessarily wrong, but they are used in a derogatory uh, way, right? Um, And somehow everything is always our fault. So if you are a person being socialized as a woman, somehow anything that goes wrong in the fucking world, I don't care what it is, it always goes back to being your fault, even though it's not, 
right? And we make, and because we get this messaging, we make it mean something about us. So, you know, your children don't behave. Oh, well, then that means you're a bad mom, right? So that you make it about, somehow it's made about you. Uh, When we talk about like not orgasming, oh, well, something is wrong with you. If your partner is not orgasming, well, you should know how to please him, right? Things like that. Even things such as assault, we're still blamed, right? Which makes no fucking sense. But again, this is the messaging that we receive. So some of it is very direct, like very like obvious, and some of it is not so obvious. But the important thing to understand is that we've gotten this messaging since we were like fucking infants, right? We've been getting tons and tons of messaging. And for some people, the messaging, like for each individual, the messaging is going to look different depending on where you were raised, who you were raised raised by, like what institutions um, that you were like uh, involved in, things like that, right? maybe even what type of TV you watch, like all these things, it's going to be um, kind of different depending on who you are and your background and things like that. But you still received messaging. Why does this matter? Because what happens is we grow as we grow into adults and we end up believing these things. A part of us still kind of believe these things, even though logically we know that they are not true. We logically know that it is out, not our fault if our partner doesn't orgasm, if we don't orgasm. We know that it doesn't mean anything about us as a mother if our children don't behave. We know that getting an STI isn't necessarily our fault and doesn't make us a bad person. We logically know all of these things. Yet somehow... Somewhere deep down, we still have that messaging from society or from church or school or, you know, some other religious organization, from our parents, our family, those people that raised us, right? We still have that messaging kind of ingrained, mom's voice in the back of our head or whoever it was, right? And so part of us still kind of believes that that's true. Like maybe it is true, right? And so the way that you recognize if a part of you still believes what mom said, what abuela said, what tia said, what school, church, whatever said, is to begin to question them, right? So if someone were to tell you, oh, you're disgusting, you got, uh, you got gonorrhea, would you be like, okay like brush it off or would you be like oh oh maybe i am maybe i should have done better maybe i should have done something else right i should have been more careful because if you just brush it off then you don't believe that but if you begin to question whether or not you are dirty you should have done better all those other things then there's a part of you believes that having an STI, contracting an STI, means that you're a dirty or bad or whatever it is that you're questioning, right? So you want to ask yourself, like, if someone were to question this, this was about me, what would I do? Would I brush it off? Or would I be like, oh shit, would I start questioning myself? 
So that's the first part. The second part that I want to tell you that this like forever changed my life. And this was like the main thing that I took out of the advanced certification feminist coaching. This is what I took away from it. It's that these thoughts are not ours. They were gifted to us. This is why I'm calling them gifts. They were gifted to us, right? By society, by church, by school, by teachers, by family, by friends, whoever, right? Those messages about, well, it's bad to get an STI. You're dirty if you had one. Masturbation is bad. Don't talk about your body, this, that, and the other, right? All the messages that I talked about, and there's even more, right? This is just the beginning of the list. But all of those were gifted to us. They were just given to us. And because we were children, we did not know that we didn't have to accept them. We were just like, oh, okay, this is what I'm supposed to think. And they were repeated to us over and over and over again. And as we got older, we began to think about them as well. And so there are like these well-worn paths in our brain that it's like that is the uh, knee-jerk thought that we go to, whatever it is, right? So these are not yours though. Like you didn't decide to think this. You didn't come up with it and be like, yeah, this is what I want to do. You were just told to think these things and you don't have to continue thinking them, right? The, the analogy that I came up with was like, if someone came in your house and left a pair of shoes, say you're a size eight and it was a size six, right? These shoes are two sizes too small. You wouldn't be like, well, I guess I have to wear them, right? Maybe they gifted you these shoes, right? You don't have to wear the shoes just because they were gifted to you. You can sell them. You can return them. You can donate them. You can give them back to your friend, give them to someone else, right? You can just buy a new pair of shoes. You could just leave those in the closet and buy a pair of shoes, right? But you don't have to keep them if you don't want to just because they were gifted to you, right? You get to decide what you want to do with that gift, And another analogy that just came in mind because we're talking about gifts is like, have you ever given someone something like, and you're like, oh, I'm going to give you this, um, I can't even think of a specific item. Like, I'm going to give you this notebook because I figured you could use it like for your business or something, whatever it is. And then they ended up, I don't know, using it for the grocery list or something, right? Like you had an idea in mind of what they could use that gift for and they ended up using it for something entirely different. The person that is being given the gift, the gift D, I guess, (laughs) gets to decide what they want to do with that gift. So if the gift itself is the thought and the person giving it to you is the gifter, you are the gift D, right? You are the one receiving these messages. You get to decide what you want to do with it. Do you want to continue believing it? Do you want to believe something else? What do you want to do with it, right? 
If you want to continue believing that tampons cause you to lose your virginity or it's going to make you lose, by all means, I'm not telling you have to get rid of any of these thoughts. But what I am saying is that you do have the option to not think them because they are quite literally not yours. You're just holding on to them, right? You're just like, it's almost like you're a hoarder of all these gifts that you received over the years and they're not even fucking yours. So you can decide what it is that you want to do with these. Okay? So, what do we do now? What I want you to do is I want you to think about as you, you know, go throughout your week, right? And this might take a while, so just letting you know. Just, this is an ongoing process. Anytime you have kind of like a thought, which is going to be all the time, but I just want you to notice, like, where did that come from? Like, is that mine? Or did I get that messaging from someone else? Especially if it is like a negative thought about yourself or about sex, right? Maybe it's like, oh, I can't do this or I shouldn't do this. Ask yourself where that messaging came from and just get curious. Your brain's immediate reaction is going to be, I don't know. Do not, do not allow your brain to say, I don't know. Keep pushing at your brain. Keep asking your brain until it gives you an answer. And the first answer that comes up, might, you might be like, what? What the fuck? My grandma did not tell me that or whatever, right? But if it came up, it's for a reason. So just accept the answer and kind of just think about it. Just allow your brain to kind of mull it over, right? But ask yourself, when you get these, I should, I shouldn't, Right When you're making things about you, like, oh, this means I'm a bad mom or a bad daughter or a bad whatever. This means I'm a bad person, right? Anything negative like that or any negative messages or thoughts that you're having about sex, right? Think about where those messages came from. Where did you get that messaging? And it's not to judge, right? It's not to be like, oh, well... Like, fuck my mom because, you know, she gave me this messaging. Like, no, like it's not a reason for you to be pissed off. Like, yes, you can be angry. Like your emotions are valid. But just noticing like, oh, I got this messaging from my mom. And your mom maybe got the messaging from her mom, right? And so like it all comes back to something else. But the very first step is just recognizing where did this come from? right? Do I want to keep this gift from mom or society or whoever? You get to decide. But it first starts with recognizing which thoughts are yours and which thoughts are someone else's. Where did those come from? Who does this belong to, right? Your brain is like a lost and found. Like, is this mine or is this the neighbors or is this society's, right? Like, who does this thought really belong to? Okay, so if you want some help with this, then you're going to want to join La Sinvergüenza Symposium. And here is why. We talk about this shit every single day, I would say, in the group. It is an amazing group of mujeres that are talking about all of these things that seem like they don't relate to sex. But again, I promise you that everything that I talk about, even if it doesn't have the word sex in it, 
is going to impact your sex life. These are the things that are impacting your sex life that you don't even fucking know what's happening. And that's why it's so important to talk about it. There are tons of accounts online and sites like websites and books and all these things that you can get to talk about relationships, to talk about like the actual act of sex, about the body, about different positions, all of these things. And yes, we do talk about those things. And more importantly, we talk about the things that you don't even know are happening because that is what is going to make the change, right? I can tell you certain positions to have sex in all fucking day till I'm blue in the face. But if at the end of the day, you still think that you're not worthy of having pleasurable sex, you're not going to have good sex regardless of what fucking position you are in and which dick is in your pussy. So I please, <laughs> I'm like begging you to think about it outside of the box, right? Of just like penis and vagina, this is how we're having sex, whatever. Think about how is this impacting my sex life, right? And so now that I'm like talking and trying to wrap up, I'm going on a tangent, so I'm going to end there, but really start to think about what are these thoughts that you're having and where did they come from? And as I mentioned, if you're interested in talking about this more, La Sinvergüenza Symposium is for you. I invite you to join. The la- we start October 1st. And that is actually going to be the last cohort of 2022. I'm going to be talking more about why that is in the coming weeks, but that is going to be the last, um, this is going to be the last opportunity for you to join La Sinvergüenza Symposium. So this is something that you've been thinking about, or even if this is like your first time hearing about it, get on the wait list. The link is in the show notes. It's entirely free to get on the wait list. Um, But again, this is the last time that you are going to be able to join La Sinvergüenza Symposium in 2022, and I'm not sure when I'm going to open doors again. So this is your last chance to get in, and I only have 13 spots available, and I currently have two people that are on the waiting list. So I potentially only have 11 spots available. So if you're hearing this in real time or before October 1st, time is dwindling, there aren't many spots left get your name on the wait list. It's first come first serve. And that is all for this week. I will talk to y'all next week. Hey mujer, this is your invitation to join La Sinvergüenza Symposium. Redefine what it means to be a sinvergüenza and learn to do the things you enjoy without shitting on yourself. The wait list is open and ready for your name. The link to join is in the show notes. If you like what you heard, be sure to hit the subscribe button to be notified when new episodes are released. Join me every week to hear me talk about orgasms, foreskin, dildos, and all the other cochinadas your abuela didn't tell you about. But that's not all. We'll also discuss machismo, Latia metiche, and sexual stories from other Latinas just like you. And if you're ready to start spicing up your sex life tonight, then be sure to download my free ebook, Spice It Up Con La Sex Coach. You can find the link in the show notes. And finally, let's keep in touch. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Sex and Spanglish. Be sure to follow me and let me know you heard this episode. Deseándote todo el placer porque el placer es poder.